0: this is an oral history of the Lord's move in Plainview, Texas, in the early 1960s. It's a story of what can happen when a small group of students love Christ and His Church and give their lives to God's purpose in a practical way. The following is a personal testimony from James Barber, one of Witness Lee's earliest co-workers in the United States. This episode will be the last of his first-hand account of what the Lord did among them, in plain view in those early days. Originally spoken to the church in Oklahoma City as a history of the Lord's recovery. We all, those of us that were in this area at that time in Texas, when we all began to take this way, there were some 20 to 30 of us there We began to meet in January of 1964. Basically, that was the first meeting that had taken place in this whole area, you could say, of the Southwest. That was the basic thing that started here in the whole Southwest. Well, the Lord had taken us that far in a year's time. This was not a small thing to us. You have to realize we didn't have even a meeting hall. Like this, like some of us has come in, we've seen a meeting hall and a group of saints praising the Lord. We didn't have anything. We had to have a vision. We had to have a vision that the Lord not only wanted to, but must recover his church. And he must recover it with a group of people that would be absolute. You see, absolute. We realized we were fed up. With Christianity we realize there you're not going to be able to be absolute neither are you going to be able to find too many that want to be absolute you know it's a comfortable sorry to say the religion of Christianity we don't mean Christ we don't mean the Bible we don't mean the Christians but the system the system which has become a Sunday morning religion is not what the Lord is after today I used to sing that song. You know, you maybe sang it too. Onward, Christian soldiers. And we come to that verse that says, like a mighty army moves the church of God. And and you know, where's this mighty army? You know, I just didn't see it where I was. And of course it wasn't there. But you know, when we got in the Lord's recovery, I'll never forget when we first sang that song in a conference in Los Angeles. I mean, there weren't that many, maybe 300 or so. But we sang, like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we. I mean, it meant something then because it was real. It was real. What I wanted to impress to you is that when we came this way and all the saints that have come this way, it is not light. This is an absolute matter. It's absolute. To take the way of the Lord's recovery is to take an absolute way. The way is absolute. We began to meet just a little, you know, a little group of 20 in a little pod-up town in the panhandle of Texas. We started to meet. And with six, then before long we had twenty or more, and we didn't know anything but to pray and to sing. That's all. But those meetings were so enjoyable, we would never have gone back to the big, beautiful buildings and the eloquent sermons and the big choirs because we had all been in them, but we had never experienced anything so enjoyable. So we started meeting. Then our meetings got closer and closer together until we started meeting every evening. Then we started meeting every morning and every e- evening. Wow. We had to meet together all the time. And of course, all 20 were there because it's all young people mainly. Besides Elton, our family, my family. It was just basically all those in college. So we didn't care for anything. But the Lord's recovery. And at that time, it was clearly our feeling that the Lord would recover just a little group of 20 here, a little group of 20 there. We didn't expect much increase, you know, as such. We didn't expect there would be many, but there would be a little remnant here and there. The Lord would raise up, and this would be His recovery He would come back to. Of course, you see, this was almost 18 years ago. But I want to tell you, what I saw then that caused me to give myself, to be absolute for this way, has not burned out. Amen. After 18 years, it is burning brighter. Amen. There is something in me, and no doubt that, that something is Christ, that is burning for this recovery. I just long all the saints. You know, I just cannot understand. I've mentioned this too many times, but I can't understand why anyone would miss any meeting. I just can't understand it. Don't you know what we're in? We're in the Lord's recovery. Because I realize we can't, practically, jobs, family, etc. But still, we met morning and evening, every night, every day, morning. And we couldn't wait till the night. Then we couldn't wait until the morning. Because we were clear. what The Lord was doing something new. He was recovering his church. As I mentioned, all of us went to the summer conference and training in Los Angeles in the summer of 1964. And it was at this time that Elton and uh, his wife and uh, I think the little boy, at that time he just had one, and myself, Virginia, Brad, and Brent, we all moved to Los Angeles because uh, we'd had some correspondence, as I mentioned, with Brother Lee. So we moved to Los Angeles in the summer of 1964. And the brothers in Plainview at that time continued to stay there just as young students. Benson came back. He was with them. Then he went to Waco, Texas, where Herman and Kathleen were. And so they began to meet as four there in Waco. So after the summer of 1964, there were... A group in Plainview still meeting where we were, almost all students. there was a four meeting in Waco. This is now starting the fall of 1964 and we had moved to Los Angeles to be there where Brother Lee. But even there, when we went to Los Angeles in 1964, there were just about a hundred, you know, not even what we have here tonight and That conference had drawn quite a number from all over the United States. I say quite a number. I think it was in a house where we heard The Economy of God, that book. It was in an old house on Bonnie Bray Street. And uh, maybe there were 150 there, Herman. 120, something like that. Not all that many. You realize, my, you read that book, you would think the whole world needs to hear this. But 120 were all that that was delivered to now i want to share something of the history from that time on to show how the lord's recovery has spread from there because as i mentioned it was locked in the chinese language until it came to this country now it has come to this country by 64 in a small way but still realize how is the lord going to get it from this country to all the inhabited continents How is the Lord going to do it? It's really interesting the way he did it. Because he did not do it in a way that we would send people out. You know, we would consider that's the way to do anything. That's the way it's always been done. Send out missionaries. Send them out. But it wasn't done that way. Actually, what happened in the 1960s, there wasn't a great deal of increase. Starting in 64, now we were in Los Angeles. Now, if you know me, as a person born, raised, educated in Texas, who would want to live in Los Angeles? It was terrible, to tell you the truth, outwardly. Our living situation, you know, we left a nice house to go live in a dump. tell you the truth, my wife can confirm it. (laughs) But, you know, we really didn't care. We didn't care. We were in the Lord's recovery. We were there. After the conference and training, I got a phone call one day and asked to come meet some brothers for prayer. And uh, when I came to that meeting, Brother Chang was there. Brother Lee was there. The brothers that were praying. And I just continued to meet with them from then on. So I was in on what the Lord was doing from the very beginning there, in a sense. So I got to see a lot. That's why I want to share with you what I got to see. What I got to see was not anything spectacular, but something steady, slow, day by day, week by week, month by month. For almost all the time during the 1960s, we didn't see hardly any new ones come in. Even see, this was 64 and we had about 100. By 1968, Four years later, the most we had was three hundred. You see, and that's with Brother Lee. They're speaking all the time. In other places he'd been, like in Taiwan, I mean, it had mushroomed to the thousands immediately, but not here. And we see why, because this country was so much saturated with the old kind of Christianity way, it would have drawn thousands. You see, of those who would brought in something not so pure. So the Lord had rather have something small that's pure than something that's so big and leavened. In China and in Taiwan, it was a, you could say, virgin territory. So it could grow so fast, but not here. Here we got all kinds of things. You know, I mean, we got people saying... Uh, 90 miles from here seeing foot Jesuses. I mean, we've got a bunch of kooks around here. Really? You're crazy. They're nuts. It's not real. I mean, and people believe it. So the Lord kept it hidden almost all of that time. And you know, during that time, the increase that came in Los Angeles, because I was there, it did not come locally as it much as people moving there. You know, here comes somebody from Minneapolis, Minnesota. They read a stream magazine. By the fall of 1964, I began to edit the stream magazine. And so I got a real opportunity. At that time we didn't have, you know, life study. We didn't have anything much in print. All we had was this stream magazine that came out every three months. And it just had four messages in it. But I By the Lord's mercy and uh, grace and everything else, I'd never edited anything. But I got to go over these messages again and again and again. Number one, you have to take out all the repetition. and You have to take out all the Chinese English and try to put in just a common spoken English. You know, not change it that much, keep it in the spoken form. But in doing that, I was going over these messages. Actually, at that time, I considered it work. But later on, I began to see something was getting into me. Just by going over these messages again and again, something was getting into me. And I began to, at this time, to to travel a little bit with Brother Lee. When he would go out, I would go with him. So we took, in the fall of 1964, we took a trip up to the Northwest. There wasn't a church there yet, but he spoke in Seattle on the way. We had a wreck, and I broke my ankle. One ankle. Later on, I broke the other ankle. (laughs) I never broke a bone until I got in the Lord's recovery. (laughs) And uh, it's really something. We were in a camper. We were driving along and the wheel came off. The rear wheel came off. Brother Lee was asleep in the part that goes up over the cab, you know. He was asleep and I was in the back and we were just crossing a bridge. We were in Oregon on the way to Seattle. And the rear wheel came entirely off. And so you the back end dropped down, hit like that, and then we swung over. As it hit the ground, it would cause it to swing over, and we hit that side of the bridge. Then that ricocheted of that and caused it to hit the other side of the bridge. And then we ricocheted back, hit the other side of the bridge. Then we stopped. But do you know, if that wheel had come off, say, maybe 15 seconds sooner, there would be, hadn't been the bridge to hold us there, and we'd probably gone down into the river. So, I mean, the Lord was just protecting us. Brother Lee didn't get a scratch. I broke an ankle. (laughs) So it shows who needed the dealing. (laughs) I had a sister come tell me. She was a good sister. (laughs) She said, see, you're too fast. You're too fast. The Lord wants to slow you down. In those days, we were quite frank with one another. (laughs) So, I said, amen. (laughs) I'd agree. I am too fast. So, the Lord slowed me down. Then, in the winter of 1964, in the same old house, it's torn down since there's an apartment house there now, we had the winter conference in Los Angeles, and of course, everybody from Texas came. At that time, they brought a few more. I think that's when they brought... uh, Tim House brought Ron Leatherman. You know Ron Leatherman? He's in Austin now. Of course, later he brought in his brother, Don Leatherman. But Ron Leatherman came to this conference from... He got fully caught at that time. And uh, this conference was the vision of God's building. You know, that book. Still a small number. But we got to see the vision of God's building. You read that book. It's an excellent book. And brothers... And the tapes, you know who ran the tapes? I did. <laughs> With a cast on my leg, but it propped up on a chair, I ran this reel-to-reel, you know, recorder to record every message of the vision of God's building. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So I served on tapes at that time. <laughs> Amen. That's a marvelous book. Then into 65, Brother Lee and I came to visit Texas. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Oh and we uh came to uh Plainview then we also came to Waco and by that time I don't know Herman and Vincent and, uh, they talked to a lot of people we got how many people were there when Brotherly was there Forty,
1: uh, 45
0: yeah when Brotherly spoke there there's four of them you realize and they had 45 there to hear and uh, Herman and Kathleen got married by then right yeah and they were staying in this house free. In this old house that it was a historical landmark. And they were the, care, they were the caretakers. So they put Brother Lee and I upstairs in the same bed. I can't ever believe it.
1: Young people don't have
0: he said, Young people don't have any sense. So, uh, Brother Lee slept on the floor and I slept in the bed.
1: <laughs>
0: he insisted. <laughs> really, he, he wouldn't. He just insisted. To me, you know, I was still fairly unto me. Okay, you know, let's sleep in the bed.
1: <laughs>
0: I think he is. He was a little concerned about the testimony or something. I don't know. Herman wasn't. But he wasn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just bring it up because Herman's here. That's all. So at that time in 65, was, was Don Rutledge there? No. No. Or, or, they did come to the meeting. They came to the meeting. Both Don Rutledge and Don Looper came to hear. At that time, they were on uh, Baylor University's baseball team. Actually, both of them made all Southwest Conference. And they came to hear, but they didn't come in. And there were some others that came, of course. But after it was all over, I think some got caught, though. A few. Willard Cox. Yeah. And some others. Anyway, they got some there to hear. Praise the Lord. And also in Plainview, they did. Then we went on to, uh, I believe we were in Louisiana, yeah. one place we went there, Mackintosh, right. Louisiana, and Brother Lee spoke there, and uh, Pat had come, she had come to Waco yet.
1: No, we went there for
0: Pat. Yeah, Pat, Pat Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> gradually bringing everybody in here, anyway, uh, we don't mean to go into this much detail, but this just shows it was just a gradual thing, just a few, one here, one there. See, mainly, in a sense, you could say the Lord was doing something really, actually, in two places. In Texas and in Los Angeles. In a very much smaller way in Texas. But any time there was a conference training, everybody in Texas was in Los Angeles. I don't know how many trips Herman made (laughs) to Los Angeles from Texas. I don't know how many cars got burned out. How many tires got worn out. During that time... The Lord was just building us in life. Not much increase, but a lot building in life. In 65, then... Well, I have to mention one thing. In 65, I went to the Far East with Brother Lee. In the fall of 65, we went for four months. Four months to the Far East. Well, I, you know, I was kind of dumb. I didn't know... Four months away from my wife and family would be four months. <laughs> you know, I thought this is great going to the Far East. You know, see all the churches in the Far East. This was in uh, 1965, and the right in the fall we left. So first we were in Taiwan for six weeks. Then uh, of course we saw everything in Taiwan, traveling all the churches, etc. Then we went to Hong Kong. You have to realize I'd just been around about a year. I just have been in the church here a year and here I am in the Far East and I couldn't understand a lot of the stuff. When Brother Lee would speak, we had a translator and the translator, every 10 minutes or so, would say, now he's talking about the Spirit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: then 10 minutes later, he'll say, now he's talking about the church. <laughs> and I went through that for four months. But I did see the churches. Praise the Lord. What the Lord was doing there. After four months of uh, this kind of thing, you know what saved me? You know, how could you make it four months? You see, what saved me? Eventually, I was about to go out of my head until I started getting up in the morning and starting in the book of Philippians, verse by verse, starting to pray over the book of Philippians. And it was the Word, praying in the Word saved me. Right. It just saved me. It, my mind, everything. You know, it just saved me. And it fed me. And I went through the whole book of Philippians on that trip. Anyway, you know, it was rather unusual for some Caucasians to be there in the Far East. So we were always asked to speak. You know, so we got some opportunities, especially later on when we left Hong Kong. Then we went into Malaysia. And in Malaysia, there's a place called Cebu. It's actually Cebu, Sarawak in North Borneo, <laughs> But this is in Malaysia. Anyway, they had been preparing to, to have a gospel meeting anyway. So after Brother Lee left, they asked me to stay to preach the gospel. The reason I mention this is because this was unusual in such a place like this to have a white, gospel preacher so they got a lot of people to come and i remember that night over 100 people received the lord although i was preaching through interpretation they brought so many to come and we just had them if you want to receive the lord stand up and they stood up and we had them all come down to the front later and we got them all to pray to receive the lord i understand there it was so easy to bring in the numbers but to us to have a hundred saved is something so, then we went on to Singapore. And in Singapore, the same thing happened. They had me preach the gospel. And they brought a lot of college students. And a lot, I don't remember, it wasn't 100, but something like 60 got saved. In a gospel meeting in Singapore. Then we went on from Singapore to Manila. And we were in Manila for quite some time. And uh, with the church there. And then, I finally got to come home. <laughs> after four months into 1966. So it was in 1966 then in the fall that pray reading came in. We had already knew how to uh, pray over the Word individually but we had never prayed the Word together corporately. So in 1966 Brother Lee went back to the Far East and at this time in Los Angeles and in the Far East it began to happen at the same time we brothers, were fellows here, we were saying, since we pray over the Word individually, what would happen if we tried to do it corporately? But we did not realize that also at the same time in the Far East, there had been a church there that had said some real problems, some real dissenting ones, etc., and all they knew to do was pray the Word. So they began corporately to pray the Word. And Brother Lee, of course, heard about it, then he began to minister on it. But at the same time, we had already started corporately to pray the Word. So at that time, this Word was coined called pray reading. Read the Word and pray it. Pray the Word, read it. Read, pray, pray, read. And so the corporate pray reading came out in 1966. Then, of course, all the messages following that came out to confirm it. And that's where the words quick, short, real, and fresh out that in order for all of us to pray the word together we need to pray in a quick short real and fresh way one by one in a coordinated way to pray over the word together so this happened in 1966 praise the Lord and of what yeah it was a big help by that time in 66 I think Don Luper and Don Rutledge had come into Waco and the sisters from Louisiana had come so gradually some had begun to come in just a few. Also in 1966, George Whittington, he in Denton. He had a little group of about 12 there in Denton. Uh, if any of you know, I guess most of you know George Whittington, who's in Dallas now. Anyway, he heard Brother Lee in Mineral Wells, Texas in 1966. I was there on that trip, too, also. Just one night, he spoke, and George was there. And Thurman is the one that got him there, Herman's twin, who lives in Dallas. So, George had a church in Denton, Texas, called the Church of the Resurrection. <laughs> but when he saw the Lord's recovery and he began to take this way, he thought we'd we'll just change this Church of the Resurrection into the Church in Denton. But when he did, all the resurrected ones left.
1: <laughs>
0: but. At the same time some others came in he had about 15 they all left but about 12 others came in so i had a complete turnover so now there were three places in texas the group in Plainview now was about 30 or so waco by 66 was getting up to about 20. Well oh, you're just about 12 okay just 12 and now in indentment group about 12. there was three little groups in texas and and uh, los Angeles, of course with brother lee's ministry there was growing Probably by this time, about 200. Okay. Is this history boring you? No. Okay. Praise the Lord. All of this time, you see, there wasn't a large numbers coming in. Some here and there, a few. But the Lord was moving and building the foundation. We say this, the foundation of the Lord's recovery in this country was built in the 60s. And that was the foundation of life. Therefore, all the messages that came out in the 60s are good for you to read, such as the economy of God, the vision of God's building, so many other things. I had, had the list. I could show you what came out and what was being shared during that time. So, in the summer of 1967, Brother Lee had to have a minor operation, and he was in the hospital. Brother Lee had had a trip scheduled to go to all over the United States to Indianapolis, to Pittsburgh, of course to Texas, and I just don't remember where else. But John and I instead went on this trip in 1967, and our whole burden was to share the pray reading. And I remember we came to Plainview. At that time, and the reason they had to move to Lovett because Lesby was there. (laughs) And so were the Hartmans there. Actually, their burden was there was such a big campus there at Texas Tech. And, of course, they couldn't even get in Wayland anymore. I mean, you know the situation there. It was in 67 they, they had the burden to move to Lubbock. And I think they didn't move till the next year in 68. By 67, I believe Waco was growing more. And I believe you had close to 20 by then. Yeah. So, uh, see, from 4 to 20... But it had taken three years. Three years to go from four to twenty. That's not bad in a sense. In another sense, it's very slow. I mean, if you set you up a church and you hire your preacher, you can go fast. But if you want to go by life, you will go slow. Life always is slow. But, sure. And solid. My burden mainly was to show you how The large recovery came to this country that it's not a small thing that we are standing on the shoulders of many others it's something that's been going on now for 50 years it started in 1922 it's now 50 years later and it's still it's going on stronger and it's spread to five of the continents already and that happened By the saints coming basically 1970 and 1971, they came from Africa, they came from Australasia, they came from South America, they came from Europe in 71 and 72. They all started coming here. They saw something, they stayed a while, they went back, and the Lord has raised up churches all over the earth. Next time on Plainview, and I said to myself, either Watchman my knee is right and everybody else is wrong, or everybody is right and Watchman my knee is wrong. And I've got to find out for myself. And this is, was my be- real beginning of coming into the church life.